Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mad Men Recap. I am your host, Paul, coming to you high atop the beautiful Brooklyn Studios in, I would say, kind of soggy, nicely cooled Park Slope, New York. Um, now, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you've been listening, but I have a co-host. I do. I'm a lucky man. That co-host is my brother, John Deal, in the Columbus, Ohio studios. How are you, John? I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm, I'm all right. I have decided to now, at the top of the show, uh, inform people of uh, our relation. As brothers. As brothers. Um, our, whether one of us is adopted or not, I don't think we'll ever know. No one's telling, John. Nope. <laughs> Your lips are sealed. Um, it's been a huge, busy summer, hasn't it? There's been a lot going on. It's, there's really a tremendous amount going on. Um, I don't know if you have paid any attention to, I don't know, the debt ceiling and our crappy Reddit credit rating. Oh, sure. Have you seen that? Are you concerned? What, what are your feelings? Well, the ceiling went up and the rating went down. Oh, is that how it goes? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I feel better now that I understand it. Um, there's been a there's there's there certainly has been a, a, enough going on that we haven't been recording a lot. I know that at least two of our listeners care, um, which makes me feel better. Both of them, both of them, care. both both of them care. Both <laughs> mom and dad uh, care that we're not recording. Um, but but we're, but we decided to come back for uh, an episode just to wet your podcast whistle. Uh, for those of you that still subscribe to the show, John, um, I, I I know I'm meandering here at the top of the show, and I know our listeners hate that, but I don't care. I want to talk about maybe the biggest event of the summer. What was that? I gave it a a three and a half star A plus rating. Oh, now see that is that's an honor. That's an it should be. Um, it was almost four stars, but uh, I don't want to talk about why you get a half on the last part. Uh, my brother, uh, John, uh, Dr. John, uh, I, now I, it's, listen, when you save enough lives and I'm talking in the hundreds, they like to, um, they like to honor you, let's say. And sometimes you get to throw out a pitch at a, uh, season well, it's not a season opener, but it's a game opener. Uh, it's the first pitch of the game. And, and last, uh, well, uh, weekend, uh, maybe two weeks ago, uh, John did such thing. Uh, at the uh, at the Chicago Cubs uh, uh, baseball field arena, Wrigley Field, um, John threw out the first pitch uh, for the Chicago Cubs, and they were playing the Cincinnati Reds. It was really exciting. John, I only have one question. Yeah, what's a red? What's a re- well? It is. It's short for Red Stockings. Red stock. Oh, would they just cut it to not confuse with Boston? Well, no, it was to save on money, so they didn't have to print as much on the jerseys. Didn't have to print stockings. And also, I mean, not to be, you know, in this day and age with the gay marriage and the whatnot, men in stockings? Yeah, well, it was more socks back then, but good point. I mean, I'm just saying stockings, John. Do you often tell people, oh, my stockings are keeping my feet warm? No. No, of course not. You know why? It's slippers now. It's slippers, exactly. Thank you. Um... So, are we going to do an episode, or are you just going to keep letting me letting me talk? No, time to rein you in. Rain Here me we go, in, John. Please, if someone doesn't soon, uh, we we did watch an episode. I watched it on the subway, and John watched it while driving. Um, 
That's not safe. Not safe. Not safe. Uh, I wish as a doctor you'd make better decisions. Uh, he didn't actually do that. Uh, it's called The Fog. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, a Mad Men show in season three. All right, good start. Was that, dis- is that descriptive enough? That's right. Oh, man, <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a horrible job. It's been a long time, everybody. I am, I am straight up. Are you straight up rusty? It's been so long. I, I think I'm, I'm, you're, you're shaking your rust off over to me. Oh my God. I just, my, all my joints hurt, John. I don't know if you can. Okay. You can, okay. Well, okay. Here, let me help you into this. Uh, all right. <laughs> so when, when the two of us watch a show. Yeah. Normally there's a little education. Right. And okay. so. Ease me in. All right. So when uh, when we see something like this, some fantastic piece of art and directing, I think that both of us take something away from it. Mm-hmm. And the benefit of that mm-hmm. is that we have this tool, we have this international show in which we can share that takeaway. And wow. for some reason, for some okay. reason, it comes to about three. Uh, it does. It does. All uh, right. I, I thank you. Uh, I feel as if you spoke to me in metaphors. We have three things that we learned, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't turned off the show yet, it's really starting to heat up. <laughs> Number one, uh, it's not a party, but I'll have one. That's and a it's drink. a party. That's a drink, John. Everybody knows, and uh, this is true, you can't have a party without alcohol. I don't know, man. No, it's this... true. It's true. Oh. That's why you never see alcoholics at parties. Number two, uh, <laughs> it turns out that it is customary, John, to leave some for the fish. Leave a little water for the fish, John, or somebody will punch you in the face. <laughs> Namely, an angry, uh, a misunderstood, attention-needing uh, Sally Draper. Look out. Look out. Uh, number three, John, you know, it turns out Pete Campbell understands the black man in white America, which I love. Um, it turns out Pete Campbell doesn't see race, and that's what I like about him. Unless it's an incredibly awkward conversation with his elevator operator, but we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. When this episode starts out, The Fog, we start out in grade school. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was hilarious how you said that. You eased into that like nothing I've ever seen. John, come on. Let's pick up the pace here. We started, right, so here we, we go. We started off in Sally's, in Sally's classroom with crazy teacher. Now listen. Yeah. I'm not, I'm making no bones about this. We all know what's happening here, all right? Because we've already done these episodes. <laughs> this teacher, this teacher is so nutball. It's amazing. Right? She and actually, out. I think we get that first glimpse to, in this episode. Oh, we do. Because she's called them in to talk about how Sally Draper got in a fight with one of the fat girls in school. All right? Let's right. Just, Let's just call spades spades here. Got into a fight with the fat girl at school. Uh, yep. Rammed her head into the water fountain because she said to her, leave some water for the fish. Oh, that's one of the things we learned. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and, uh, and then the girl ran after her. John, there was hair pulling. There was scratching. And we had to call in uh, uh, the Drapers to talk about this because we're worried about Sally, John. Now, while, while they're telling this, what, what did you think of this like one or two second cut where they go to like a sweaty, dirty Sally, apparently right right after the fall, with just a black backdrop. Did you see that? You know, I've never seen that before. But as I'm looking through, um, as I'm scrolling through the timeline, you know, I've never, I never noticed that before. That is it, crazy. It, just, it seems, it seems really oh. out of. 
It is. Out of, out of style for the show. And she rubs that blood on her face. Yeah. Oh, man. I, how did I never notice that? I don't know. It, it really jumps out and gets you, but it, do, it doesn't seem to fit. They did No, but they did a lot of that in this episode, John. They did a lot oh. of these kind of weird, just kind of quick shots. I mean, normally someone was on drugs at the time, but there was kind of a lot of that in this episode. I don't know. I don't know why they did that shot, but I'll tell you right now, I like it. And I like how they set up the classroom, you know, the cursive letters up top, the map of the world, the uh, the division, so you know, you know about what age this is, you know, about fourth, fifth grade. I feel like, does this remind you of our of our grade school, John? John and I went to the same grade school because, in fact, we are brothers. Um, <laughs> it remind me, it reminded me a little bit of grade school. You got the yeah, the cursive letters up top. I remember that banner. Did did we go to school in the fifties? And I just have some kind of unaging disease. I think our school building was built in the 50s. Our school building, I think, was built in the early 30s. Oh. It's a tank. Have you seen <laughs> that thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, I sure have. It is, it is, it almost, ladies and gentlemen, John and I grew up uh, in, in the sticks of Ohio, as I like to call it. And, um, man, we're really getting to know us, which I, which I, I, find, I find interesting. Um, <laughs> and uh, if, if you remember in Little House on the Prairie how there's that little one-room school yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it was like for John and I growing up. Remember right. that? Yeah, I had the back seat. You had the back seat for some reason. You were always very tall. Right. Um, I'm a very short man, uh, much like Paul Giamatti, so I was always in the first two rows. Uh, Which was good. You got the, you got a little extra attention up there. You know, I, I was balding and I had a beard even at that age. Third grade. Third grade. You know, and I always thought it was weird that we were in the same grade considering you're older than me. <laughs> same same classroom not the same yeah grade. that's true you were learning completely different things yeah faster yeah. speed moving on but uh so you know i think we um uh what what the uh, what what suzanne our teacher friend oh. here learns is that she had not been aware of grandpa Jean's passing oh god and so she feels that you know she feels that it uh, is very very much uh, a root cause of this behavior change. Clearly, um, and it's it's just very interesting as she begins to have discussion with them. She says, "You know, did uh, did you go to the funeral?" And well, of course not. Children don't go to a funeral. Don doesn't believe in taking kids to. That's no place for children, John. Right, but that that could have been a great you know source of closure for little Sally. It could have been, and that was an opportunity that was missed. Missed. She then uh, makes then this is where the uh, strong eye lock, eye contact hits. Where she says uh, that, uh, 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 you know, at that age, losing a parent or a, a loved one that's close to you is a special kind of pain. And she says to Don, I don't know if you know what that's like. And Don says, I do. And then there is like, I'm going to, we're going to get it on later, kind of I lock. Do you see that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I actually, I, I got warm. That's how strong that I lock was. Well, Don has that locked down. I mean, it's he like does. his own personal wrestling move. Do you think, no, I just, I don't know. I'm sure there's not a lot of single guys that listen to this show, but I, that's, that's, a t that's, called, that's what I call a takeaway, guys. That's a takeaway. <laughs> Strong points. eye contact. You, here's the thing, John. You know what? I checked our, 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 the people that listen to our show, our demographic, if you will. There's no young guys. <laughs> so i no. think uh you know if you're if you're in your mid-20s and you haven't learned this valuable lesson of the strong eye contact learn it tonight or whenever you're listening to this 
Okay, I'm sorry. Moving on, That's John. Okay. Uh, Betty That's has right. to pee a lot because she's pregnant. She's uh, very pregnant. They say, listen, we'll talk about this later. Right. It's completely fine. We head back to uh, Sterling Cooper, John, and what's happening? Just a lot of boring. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, we uh, Don, Don walks in from the classroom meeting, and he simply parades into Lane going over an expense report, talking about missing pencils and pads. Come on. And Don's just like, nope. I don't have time for this shit. That's Walks pretty, out. That's what it is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I so, I, and I think, and this will come up a little bit later on, but it's, uh, you know, I think this is kind of a morale uh, killer. Scene. Yeah, exactly. Showing that um, Lane might not quite be on board yet with how to, you know, how to get a good rapport with the coworkers, how to, um, you know, how to let things flow. And and I think uh, he kind of learns his lesson later on, and we'll get there. So uh, then, then we we hop over to Kinsey's office where he's telling Pete how Karl Marx is the greatest economist of all time. John, now, I don't, I haven't heard that before. I haven't either. Kinsey is a <laughs> pinko comedy douchebag. He's a communist. Look at him in that beard, like a Russian, and his pipe, and his pipe, like a douchebag. <laughs> I don't understand it. I would, I would like to. I, you know, I realize, and I get emails about how. You know, this show isn't real and they're playing a character. But I'm just saying, if I ran into this guy in the street and he looks like this, I'm going to punch him. Punch him? I'm going to pump call Mikami, which I mistakenly call people all the time. And then I'm going to punch him. But, uh, you know, as you are planning out your uh, assault, yeah, uh, what they're doing, they're actually having a conversation. Thank you. Pete has been saddled with a company that's not doing so well. It's called Admiral Television. I had not heard of that. And, and nor have I. Okay. Um, and uh, Admiral's not doing well. Uh, and then they start talking about, you know, what are the differences of some of the cities he's looking at? And they're like, oh, you know, Negroes are buying a lot of, the, uh, of these TVs, of these Admiral TVs. And, uh, and, and Pete's trying to make some heads or tails of this. Meanwhile, uh, the crew completes itself. Oh, yes, the, guys. the douche crew comes on strong. Yes. And uh, apparently they're, what, off to a Mets game? And that's uh, it for the scene. But that uh, kind of sets up Pete's role of this episode. You know, he's he saw that there's a demographic that may be targetable for this specific product, and things we, will I, I I do like how we get to see how successful Kenny Cosgrove is, you know, like. The people are giving him watches and Mets tickets. He's just char- he's yeah. charming. Exactly. Well, and that's and I think that's brought out too. You know, Pete has got his brow furrowed, furrowed, and is complaining. Do you think and it's because uh, people find people find Pete off-putting because he refers um, to um, black people as Negroes? Oh, I don't think he's alone at this. I find point that in time. I found I found it a little off-putting. Well, of course. I, I was like, I don't want to hang out with you, man. But you've said that before. It's true. Uh, we then uh, go over to Don's office where uh, uh, Lane Price uh, pays him a little visit to talk about uh, Penny Smart Pound Awesome. I don't. <laughs> how does that? How does that go? Pennies make pounds, and pounds make profits. Pennies make pounds and pounds make profits. I, need I don't know if he knows that he's in the United States. Well, uh, honestly, maybe at the time, just like now, well, pennies make euros and you're, no, they're still on pounds over there, aren't they? Those arrogant bastards. 
dragging <laughs> the whole net global economy down. Uh, so yeah, this doesn't go well. Uh, I mean, Don does kind of. I I feel like uh, uh, Lane Price is easily uh, persuaded and confused by Don's smooth talking, or the alcohol. He had like a half a sip. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's the booze. All right. Oh. Uh huh. I like how Don says, like, you know, look, you have to let creative be unproductive until they are. You yeah. know, you can't, you can't hammer them with this. It's only going to make for a more stressful, less, you know, less creative. You're not going to feel relaxed. I don't know. Is that what you do to create? Do you, do you relax? I don't. I, honestly, how do you come up? You have to come up with hundreds of concepts. I do. How do you do it? I. It's terrifying. I'm going to be honest with you. When someone says, "All right, we need all these concepts," I literally freak out. Um, and I can't imagine having a drink. Like if I had a drink there on my desk while I was trying to concept, it would. I'd fall asleep. I'd just start drinking. I'd be like, "This is boring and sucks." And I'd fall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can only have a beer at the end of the day when things. You know, when things are. How things done. have changed. I know. I don't know. That's what always surprises me about this show. I know a lot of people are kind of like, "Oh, that's awesome. They're drinking at work." I can't drink at work and come up with shit. You know what I mean? Like you're just gonna get a whole lot of blank pages for me. I um, also can't drink at work. Well, John, you're saving lives. And uh, if you were drunk, you might ruin someone's bladder. <laughs> As we learn in this episode, am I right? I, you're right. I and uh, But yeah, I, I do think that Don get, does get his point across, like, you know, pretty much lighten up. Seriously, have, yeah, exactly. Pass the duty from the left-hand side. We find ourselves then over in Pete Campbell's office. His Uncle Herman is calling, John. Did you, did you know he had an Uncle Herman? I did. I didn't. Uh, but it turns out it's just our old friend Duck floating around the pond over at uh, Gray. Now, one oh. thing I didn't understand, John. Yeah. Is uh, Pete says, uh, is everyone just walking in the halls laughing? Something that yeah. I didn't get that. Well, I mean, he's because Duck is putting a hard sell on him. Oh, Duck is it's trying like saying to... everything's awesome over at Gray. People just having a great time. Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, and Pete has taken his fair share of criticism and, um, you know, negativeness there at uh, Sterling Coo. So I think Duck's trying to make him sound, you know, feel like uh, the grass is super green over or super gray over at Gray. Haha. <laughs> Sterling Coo. Did you just say that? Yeah. Did you just shorten that to Sterling Coo? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Best part of the whole show, John. Duck's office has ducks on the wall. Didn't see that coming. Best thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> Best thing that's, that I've been I've been trudging through this podcast, John, waiting to get back to this episode so I could see those damn ducks on the wall. And the craziest thing that ever happened to Don happens right after this, where I like I swear I think this woman's having a psychotic break. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. The, uh, our teacher friend Suzanne is home alone in a dimly lit room. With her bra falling off, with an alcoholic drink. Listen, uh, and just happens to call the Draper residence. It, well, yeah, she's crazy pants, and I, I've got, I've, I, I wish uh, Kate was still on the show. As, as some of you may know, we have a, a third uh, co-host um, named Kate, um, and I, I was just, I, John, I don't wear a bra under my clothes mainly because I do not have breasts, mainly. But uh, I'm finding it a little strange that her bra strap would have fallen down under her blouse. You know what I'm but, saying? But the bra is under the blouse. 
Right, but wouldn't wouldn't the wouldn't well she's actually in a dress, but wouldn't the dress material would kind of hold it up? I feel like she would have had to almost pull that down. I don't know. I don't wear bras, John. That's what I'm trying to say. Do you think this is one of like the first recorded drunk dials? I think I think this is I think hmm, I have so many thoughts. But I think that uh number one, she pulled her own bra strap down. <laughs> To try really? to to try to look sexy. Number two, right. she didn't realize that FaceTime wasn't going to be invented for many years. All right. Uh, n- number three, she's drunk. Right. Number four, she's crazy pants. Now, if you put that all together, you've got a bra strap falling down. Well, I can't blame her for being a little crazy with those drapes. You see, like that bizarre forest. I find that to be uh, enchanting. Oh, <laughs> just to be just to be clear, I find it enchanting, and I find this entire call. I mean, she she's crazy, man. Well, now what adds to like the craziness of the entire thing is when uh, when Betty's like, "Who was that?" I mean, do you know what makes her even more crazy? And I was thinking about this in the first scene. So listen, we're all adults here. She, in later episodes, she starts snogging Don, right? <laughs> and but she's met Betty while Betty was pregnant. I'm just I'm sorry. I mean, I feel like that goes that goes against just human code. Oh, so in this you know way is I mean? she exactly like Henry Francis? Oh my god. Oh my god. She is the woman Henry Francis. She is the that What if her last name was Henry and it was Francis Henry? Oh my god. Oh my god! I threw, okay. I just threw up a little. Here's the thing: uh, she just seems okay. So I no, I, I see what, I see what you're saying there because Henry Francis is going after a pregnant woman who is clearly right. married, and yes. she's going after a man who has a pregnant wife who is clearly married. John, right? It's, does this happen? You're a doctor. Does this commonly happen? I don't know about commonly, but man, this happens. This happens. Oh yeah. I you know I, I I lead a very boring life. I lead a very boring life, John. I don't I, I don't know They're anyone in, in dreary old Manhattan. In dreary Manhattan, dreary. <laughs> I'm in Brooklyn. To be fair, nothing's going on out here except a lot of kids in tight pants. Um, I I feel like I don't I and their pants are so tight, um, they're actually unable to reproduce. So no one's pregnant. Oh yeah, it's a problem. I'd like you to come up here and consult some of these guys, John. Just set up shop on the corner. Just, just set up a set up a loose pants shop. Maybe some parachute pants, some hammer pants. All right, we're let gonna get you back hey, on track. Here. Let them breathe. Let the them whole breathe. point of the the call was apparently to again talk about her concern for the child. Okay, how she had lost her own uh, parent as a young woman, and um, and then she just kind of stays drunk. But it ends with Betty going into labor. Uh huh. Her water never breaks, John. And now is I'm sorry, I'm derailing all over the place, but. Uh, you know what? This is going to be a long episode because we haven't done one in six months. John, is it possible for your water not to break? And if it Absolutely. And if it doesn't break, where does it go? Well, no, if it doesn't break, then it just gets broken. Oh, somebody's got somebody's to break it? I have had to do that. You've had to break one? Many. How do you do this? I'm very queasy, John. Sorry. You know? It, yeah, it's a, it's, like, a fish, it's, I, it's a little fish hook looking thing. I get a little, I get a little woozy. <laughs> I get a loozy when I a little woozy when I open a Capri Sun, so I can't imagine <laughs> what, what it's like what it's like to break uh, to break someone's water. 
Well, uh, and clearly it's not water. Just to be clear. Oh yes, no, no. It's but uh, I, I think in the best interests of you know your uh, your con- consciousness as well as everyone else, we'll we'll skip the details. All right, sure, sure. All right, yeah. And so we're off to the hospital. We're off to the hospital. Where uh, where Don has to do little to nothing, uh, he drops her off with uh from with with a nurse with a heavy nurse ratchet. I'm gonna say. Oh, is that what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> With a, with a heavy nurse ratchet, and uh, they start wheeling Betty down the hall. And before she knows that Don has disappeared, hey, it's fascinating too, because you know this was this was the culture of the time. This was not an open uh, event. You didn't have not only the spouses but other family. You know, this was a very quiet thing, and uh, and that has since changed. You know, now the spouse is there. Sometimes other family members there. John, I'm not. I don't. I don't know if you know this. I don't have children. You don't, you don't know what? I don't have children. Oh, yes, no. But I would like, if I did, and I was in this situation, I feel as if I would, I would maybe welcome um, the waiting room uh, as an option. Is, have you run into any guys that say, you know what, I'm just going to hang out over there? No, you know, most of the guys, there are many people that are self-admitted queasy. Yeah, it would be me. And but a lot of them actually just opt to stay, uh, you know, north of the equator. An arms, just, an, an, an arms distance. Right, right. So they, so they're really up, you know, by the, uh, you know, up by the their their spouse's uh, head yeah. region. Yeah, away from the business end, as they say. Right. <laughs> but uh, even before Betty starts getting uh, hopped up from some amazing medication, mm-hmm. she starts to hallucinate. She's being wheeled away and thinks that she sees her dead dad. No, I'm sorry. It's not every day that the show's in the hospital. Is this common? Do pregnant women hallucinate? Oh, that's a great question. I tell you what, I I, I don't envy the pregnant women, especially in the day before epidurals. No, because that hurts. Yeah, sure. They hurt. So I think uh, as you're in pain, and I, obviously she's uncomfortable. Um, yeah, sure, you could see some things. You could see some things, and we see Grandpa Gene. Who? Let's be clear, we all miss. Really. I do. I love that guy. All right. I love that guy. But uh, so she she thinks she sees him and actually calls after calls after the janitor. And and the, the nurse is like, you can scream and yell all you want in this hall. <laughs> that nurse, I, I think, has had, had had take a few a few sips of some painkillers. She's crazy pants. Oh, she is. I bet he's trying to fill out her forms, and the nurse is like, ah, I gotta go. Ladies and gentlemen, I realize we're almost 30 minutes into the podcast and we're only 12 minutes into the episode, but I have another medical question for John. I'm sorry. Listen, break it up and do a two-parter if you have to. <laughs> John. Yeah. The nurse says to Betty, what have you eaten today? And Betty's confused, but she does say cottage cheese, some pineapple, and the nurse says, pineapple? What are you thinking? John, is pineapple baby poison? Not now, pineapple can be dangerous for any of those uh, uh, fetuses that are in the magical world. But in general, no, they're not baby poison. But, you know, kind of that, uh, that uh, acidic, that uh, citric type of fruit yeah. could make that little, that uh, reflux a little worse. It hurts my tummy, John. Yep. It does. Doesn't yeah. sit well. No. Okay. And, uh, no, I was yeah. just interested. And so Betty's asking for her doctor. Dr. Aldridge, who is, you know, who she's been seeing all through the uh, the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. 
and doesn't really get an answer here. Mm-hmm. And we'll find out that you know he's he's not going to be available. Okay, well you know. Oh, this is where you find out the water never breaks. No, I know, never does. We then find ourselves in the waiting room with Don and a a, a guy who works in a prison. Yeah, prison guard. Now, John, I I mean, you know, I, you know, here's the thing. Uh, there's not always a meaning behind everything. There's not. Right. You know what? Life is a crapshoot. But uh, I, I just it, does this this whole thing seem kind of weird because it didn't seem to directly be a metaphor for anything, but yet I don't know. The guy was really intense. Help me. I thought the biggest uh, the biggest bang of the whole. Uh, cop scene comes a little bit later on. It does. It does. Uh, well, uh, this guy's... What's this guy's name? Daryl? Drew? Danny? Oh. You don't know? I don't know. Oh, He says it at the end. But anyway, the cop guy. Uh, he's very talky. He's been there all day. He works at a prison. Uh, he asks Don some questions. He brings a bottle of Johnny Walker Red, which is not a bad deal. Uh, they start drinking. They become kind of buddy buddy, John. Okay. They learn a little bit about each other. And and just to to you know to assuage all the uh, interest out there, it's Dennis Hobart. Dennis Hobart. I knew it was a D. Didn't I say Danny or Danny? Uh, we then find ourselves uh, with uh, Betty right as she's getting some some drugs to help alleviate the pain of childbirth. Um, uh, fat nurse Ratchet. Um, apparently has a hard time either uh, uh, not buying doll needles from needles and stuff, or or uh, uh, Betty honestly does have small veins. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's you know, and that again, that's the the, the thing about um, uh, about nowadays is that you don't have to do any of that. You can just do the uh, the epidural. Much better. I'm not really familiar with what that is, and I don't think we need to go into that on this podcast. No problem. Thank you. Uh, so she gets all stoned out. She stones Betty all the way out, and we go into this amazing drug sequence, which I personally found awesome. Um, I thought it was shot really well because it makes it seem more dreamy because although she's in her neighborhood, she's in front of a green screen or a blue screen, so yep. everything just looks real fake. Yep. Um uh, and then uh, it shows Betty's true passion for killing when a uh, caterpillar uh, falls into her hand and she maliciously crushes it and then eats it. <laughs> okay, she didn't eat it. Uh, we then flash out of that to uh, Don and uh, Hobart uh, shaking. Now, wait a sec. Come what? on. Oh, I'm you, sorry. That, that's all you got out of the dream sequence? Oh, I'm sorry. Is there more, John? I just, I, I just think this is, I think this is more of like a fantasy sequence than, you know, a dream sequence. Well, tell me why. Well, okay, so first of all, you know, they do a fantastic job of, you know, making her look, uh, you know, pr- pretty rough because of the pregnancy and everything. You, you sure? And in, the, and in this dream sequence, she, she, is, she is stunning. You know, I mean, she looks fantastic. John, in my dreams, I look stunning. No, you don't. Uh, what? Um, and is this, is this the Matrix? You know, and, and so I think she, she looks fantastic. And then the caterpillar comes down, and I think she doesn't crush it. She simply closes her hand around it. She crushes with the it. Thought that when she opens it up, it'll be a butterfly. Oh no, she crushes it. She kills it, John. Uh, Did you see the flash in her eyes when she when she pulls makes the fist? She crushes it. Ah, uh, because I think if you crush it, you know there would be like some caterpillar goo. Because she will. She will never become the butterfly. 
Yeah. Well, exactly. That's the thing. She's she doesn't she feels like she's stuck. You know, the kids and you know loss of the modeling career and out in the boonies, not the boonies, but you know the burbs. Let's be clear, John. If I had a house like that, yeah, I wouldn't be crushing caterpillars. All right, you know what I mean, right? I'm not sure what I'm saying. Uh, can can we flash back to the waiting room, please? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Don and Hobart are shaking the cigarette machine, and they've even got a candy striper to reach your little arms up there to grab the pack of Marlboros. Right. Um, now Hobart, he's really uh, concerned because uh, the baby has breached. Did they say what? The baby's has a weapon. What 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 happened? Well, <laughs> I know I know that I know, I know that uh, there was a problem with his wife's pregnancy, and uh, they had to call in the doctor, and it, it's a little touch and go. And uh, Hobart's very uh, uh, Dennis is very concerned. He's saying, "How am I going to love that baby if anything happens to um, my wife?" And Don, who is uh, at very least sympathetic. Uh, uh, just tells him that our worst fears lie in anticipation, John, which is something else that I learned uh, on in this episode, and that most of my fears do lie in anticipation. And I, I, I no, I, I think that's a, a great, uh, you know, kind of that that just kind of piggybacks on the whole, you know, fear is fear itself type of thing. Um, did I, I didn't did we gloss over the like the 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 first part of that conversation though, where the 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 guard is telling about his job. Uh, he does. You know where he's like, you know, you're outnumbered, but you have the power. Oh, when like they talk about everybody saying, uh, he's saying everybody has a has a dream that they're in Sing Sing. Right. Yeah. Right. And that uh, you know that the, they're not all they're not all bad. You know, there's the death row, and then there's the baseball team. Yeah. And how they played the Yankees, and, and Don hits them with the quip of everyone in stripes. Pretty funny. Hilarious. But I, Hilarious. But I, think the, I think the point of that is he's like, you have to be careful. I have to be careful not to bring home, you know, homework. I, I can't bring this work home to this kid. Yeah. You know, because every, every one of those inmates, they blame their mom and dad. And Don's like, oh, it's a terrible argument. He's like, you're right. It's true. But, and, and it is. But I don't, you know, I think that we can see that Don is, you know, he flashes back a lot to his parents mm-hmm. in an explanation as to how he is. Uh, well, I think no. Okay. I I disagree with that. All right. I think he flashes back to, I mean, he just flashes back to his parents and thinks about it. He doesn't blame them for anything. You don't think so? Name something specifically that he would blame them for. Well, so for example, the, the time when he was uh, failing, I guess, to discipline Bobby and it was because, you know, he had been beaten. And so because of that, he kind of went oppo and decided to try and not do anything, you know, physical against his children. Yeah, but that's not blaming your parents for something. No, no, but that, that's I think learning that's... from their mistakes. That's a, ah. that's, a, that's a completely different thing. Different thing. Completely different. Blaming right. your parents is like, oh, I just killed that guy because my dad never hugged me. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you with me there? And I, it, that, that would be kind of a crap. This argument. is a good opportunity to blame our parents for our problems. John, go. Oh, I, I, I got to keep my problems are minimal. Are your problems self-made? Absolutely. I am going to blame all my problems. I've got, I've been walking around in sandals a lot. I've got a lot of calluses on my little toe. Yeah. Thanks, well, mom. That's... Thanks, mom. That's more of those flat feet. 
<laughs> no, I, I, I don't believe in bl bl blaming. It, it's your own fault if you're a jackass. Right, John? Well done. You're welcome. So uh, we then flash back to uh, both our guys pretty much passed out. Don is holding on watching a little bit of TV. But um, uh, our friend uh, Hobart is asleep on the couch and he gets some good news. John, he's got a baby boy and everything's fine. Now, his wife did have a blood transfusion. Oh, man, what are you doing? Why? 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 I know we're I know we're taking a long time anyways, but you're, you're skipping. You missed the I did point not, where, I did where not, Betty flips out. Betty flips out. I did not. I, I did. I did gloss over that. Yeah, but it's just kind of she's blaming people that Don isn't there and asking if they slept with. Ah, I don't know. Let's go, whatever. No, it's been done. It's been done. She blames everybody for sleeping with Don. She's right. Yeah, I guess she has a reason to be concerned. Right. And I just I thought I thought that was a neat scene just from again a medical standpoint because oh, you have, okay. you know, you have the old timey um, uh, IV like there was no IV bag back then it was, it was a glass, glass bottle yeah you know and you have that giant thick rubber tubing going to her arm as opposed to the stuff now so it's just now, uh, for, from my it, standpoint it was interesting is glass not better though I mean other than the fact that it, when you drop it it breaks. Well, not only that, but I, I've heard uh, I've heard stories from older doctors about uh, patients who were kind of borderline, you know, crazy, mm -hmm. and they'd actually uh, use the glass uh, IV and the tubing as like a mace. So they'd swing that around in order to like get out or to, oh, yeah. you know, threaten um, medical workers. But I think as a material, glass would be much better. Uh, no. I mean, as far as glass, <laughs> glass and its reaction, glass won't leach into anything. Whereas plastic will leach into um, the liquid. All right. Well, all right. I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm speaking purely uh, uh, sterilization safety wise. If the well, that, you is... know, and that's why all of, that's why all the plastic bags have a uh, you know a pretty quick expiration date. Yeah, I guess that's true. I know plastic is way better, but I was just making an argument, I guess. So, anyways, now now you're right, Dennis. He's got the healthy baby boy. Wife had a transfusion. Lost a lot of blood. Uh, he's super happy. He's Very super happy. happy with Don. Excited. He doesn't know who's up there, John. So he's gonna just tell Don. He's gonna be a better man. Did you? Now, did you hear me? I see. I I think Don heard him. Yeah. Uh, but see, I, how much of this is like? How much of this does he really mean? He means none of it, John. He's caught exactly. up in the moment. He's caught up in the moment. I mean, I don't know how many things I've promised caught up in the moment. Like when you threw out that first pitch, I think I promised you a ton of stuff, and I didn't mean any of it. Yeah, sorry. That's right. I didn't expect it. I'm sorry. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name my first child after you. I'm, I'm sorry. But, and so this is what I want to ask. Like when Don is having this conversation, is he looking at him like, you know, you're not gonna. It's He's, not gonna exactly. Happen. He's like, I've said that before, my friend. Right. Every Sunday morning, I wake up hungover and say, I'm going to be better. And, and I think Don takes the high road and doesn't, doesn't tell him that. I would have taken the low. I, I prefer to take the low road and crush people's souls. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Betty has, uh, after, the drugs, after the drugs filter into her crazy system, right. she has another, well, it's a kind of a dream, not really a hallucination. Right. Uh, but she wanders off into the hospital, and it turns out, John, if you go to the end of the hall and make a left, yep, you actually walk into the Draper household. 
It's Which just, I thought was like, I thought this was cool. Because I, I mean, that's that. what it, this is how dreams work. Exactly. You know, you turn around and you're somewhere else. I love it. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, and she walks into her kitchen and she's, hey, daddy. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. It's, it's, it's Grandpa Gene, everybody. Relax. Um, <laughs> and uh, he tells her that she had to, he had to go away. Um, and then uh, how, how did we... The, the first this is the first and only time we actually see what Betty Draper's real mom who who she might have been yeah the only time Ruthie yeah the only time now this is really strange because she is standing behind a uh, a black gentleman who is bleeding really bad yeah and uh, I like that I, I well no I don't like that but I like the fact that it's very confusing David Lynch-esque right and, uh, you know, it's certainly an amalgamation of uh, memories for, uh, for uh, Betty. You think so? Wait, what's the, um, what's, what's the, the bleeding black man then? I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. I, it could be anything, right? Like it could be, it could be something she had seen somewhere. It, I don't think it has to be. It doesn't actually have to be something specific to her, um, to her childhood or her past. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever had a dream where it's just like weird shit shows up? Oh, sure, sure. Right? So it could just be like something she had seen on TV or maybe even just seen a picture of, you know? Yeah. It doesn't but necessarily But I, I don't know, because the something. comment that the mother makes is, do you see what happens to people who speak up? Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I mean, certainly. But I, I would prefer to be weirder. Oh, you could you could have gone weirder than this. Well, no, just dreamier. No, no, no. I would prefer it to be a, a weirder uh, scene in her dream rather than a a, a recall of like a, a oh. specific situation. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Uh, but that's what's great about this. We don't know. You can interpret it however you want. I think most people will interpret it as her mother being horribly racist and maybe stabbing this guy or cutting this guy. Or I don't know, but she's got the towel. Yeah, well, you know, trying to stop the bleeding. That doesn't mean you don't always stab to kill. You, sometimes you just stab to teach. Okay. You know what I'm saying? No. Okay. <laughs> well, John, in a in all of the stabbings I've done, <laughs> uh, a lot of them are just to get a point across. So I'll stab with a pen or a pencil. Uh, uh you know, just in the shoulder area. Uh. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is enough. That's enough stabbing 101. Uh, I think I think what's great is the way that they show this. You see the 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 sun kind of come up and down. You see the passage of time in her room, and so back in this time, you know, back in the fifties, there was, you know, really a lot of the medications kind of took you all the way out of it. So she comes to with her baby in her hand. Awesome. And so part of the reason that they got away from a lot of these um, central acting medications and went more for the injections in the spine was so that the women can actually remain conscious and experience the birth mm. you know so when she went out she went out for the entire delivery mm. she didn't see them weigh the baby she, they didn't see the, you know she doesn't remember them handing it to her she simply comes to with a baby in her hands not that any of our listeners want to know john uh but what what kind of drugs were those and uh, uh where could one get those well the doctor actually calls for a demerol oh yeah um which is still in effect yeah but is not not used in this kind of fashion oh. and then about five or ten years before this, they were using a, an inhaled medicine called halothane. Um, I think that's what it was, and it was um, uh, same type of thing. You know, you just you, you it was an amnesia. 
drugs. I had no mm. concept that you gave birth. You just woke you up didn't with even, a baby. Yeah. Oh, shit. I got a baby. <coughs> Holy balls. Uh, then we find out uh, uh, when she first sees the baby, she kind of wakes up. Uh, and she's, his name is, his name <coughs> is Eugene. Thanks for coughing into the mic. Her, her name, his name is Eugene. And Don's like, what? His name we is. We don't have to decide that. We don't, listen, <laughs> you've been through a lot. Am I right? Yeah. Am I right, though? We don't. Listen, we could name him uh, anything else. I mean, literally anything else. Uh, so that was a bit, that was a bit, uh, that was a bit too bad. Uh, we then uh, find uh, ourselves, uh, do you mind if I go back to Sterling Coop, as you call it? No, no P, just Sterling Coop. Oh, we find ourselves in Sterling Coop. Thank you. Uh, Don is back the next day, and he gets a call from Roger, who is eating a delicious ice cream sundae, uh, just to illustrate how nothing he does in his job. Um, <laughs> and he uh, tells Don to get down to the art department and start making things happen, because no one will do anything without him. He's only been gone a half a day, for Christ's sake, but uh, he does ask uh, lovingly if uh, Betty performed like a champ. <laughs> Uh, it was nice. So Don, Don arrives to a office full of presents. This is true. This is true. Uh, and, uh, 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 uh Roger, uh, wants to know what the initials are so they can put it on a yacht, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> well then, uh, I'm just going to keep scooting along, John, because we're yeah. already at like hour five. Um, we find ourselves, uh, in a restaurant, John. With the yep. duck pond and uh, Peggy, to our surprise. Yeah. Uh, Peggy is having a drink with the duck pond, as she does like his collar, his uh, his turtleneck. And, with the uh, jacket. With the jacket. And then uh, Pete Campbell comes in, and to his chagrin, uh, there, is, uh, there is Peggy. Uh, he's very upset about it. He doesn't even want to stay. Duck says, listen, have a nosh, okay? Have a nosh. Uh, I did not realize that was a Jewish term for snack. All right. Uh, but it is. Uh, so uh, I think Peter makes an anti-Semitic remark and uh, stays for just a minute, but then leaves because, you know what? If you're going to woo me, buy me my own lunch. I like that line. Good for Pete. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, it's funny because Duck makes an allusion to them like uh, being a team and working together and kind of, you know, in cahoots. And I yeah. think they were both a little concerned, like, oh, well, we did have a baby together. Oh, uh, what? Uh, so uh, that was a bit uh, uh, unnerving for everyone. But, uh, but yeah, Pete uh, ends up leaving, uh, saying, hey, buy my mountain lunch. Uh, we then find ourselves in the elevator with Pete and... Uh, wait, wait, but so the whole point of that oh, lunch was you what? always stop me. The, the point of that little lunch was supposed to be what? I don't know. Duck wants both of them to come work for him. Is that what it was about? Yeah. I'm sorry. I wasn't paying and, attention. And then when uh, when Pete uh, pops out, you know, he, he even lays it on a little thicker for uh, for Peggers. What does he do? You know, he's like, look, you know, the sky is the limit for you. You should strike while the iron's hot. I mean, he, he, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the this is kind of a, a little bit of a parallel to, uh, to Sally, uh, who doesn't get a lot of a positive attention from from uh anyone mom. peggy doesn't get much positive from don and mm. so here you have you know kind of a lame guy but he's just laying it on you know yeah. everything's positive everything's syrupy sweet and i think she really uh, takes to that who wouldn't okay 
I'm in the elevator. I'm sorry, did I? I just... know, I'm in the elevator. Like I'm already, I'm already done. I'm already done. I'm in the elevator. All right, with Hollis. I'm in the elevator with Hollis, and Pete asks him, "What kind of TV you got?" And he's like, "I don't know, an RCA. What's your problem?" And Pete's, right. uh, Pete's keep pushing and prodding, and it gets uncomfortable. Does it not? Well, yeah. When he stops the elevator. Oh yeah, that does make it. That does make it a little uh, unnerving. Uh, and Hollis just wants this to be over. He's like, listen, I got bigger problems than my TV, for Christ's sake. Uh, back off, man. I like how Hollis handled the situation. You do. But then at the same time, I don't know why you had to turn it into a situation. Like, I just would have been like, listen, man, I don't know. I got an RCA. I, I'd buy an Admiral if someone gave it to me. But what are we talking? I don't get it. What? But, like, nobody talks to him all day long. Uh, I guess. Like conversational. All it is is, you know, fourth floor. I mean, he doesn't. And, and plus, Pete touched his buttons. What? Wait a minute. What? When he stopped the elevator. He like, touched his what? That. He touches buttons? His buttons. I find, this, I, find that, I find that to be unnerving. Um, but, uh, you know, I, come on. What, what, what better line is there than when Hollis, the elevator operator, says every job has its up and downs? Naha! Waka waka. I like it. I like it. Uh, you know what the weirdest scene in this show is? No. This whole episode. I mean, there's a lot of weird shit going on. But my favorite weird scene is yeah. um, the scene that almost looks like it's recorded on like a, a nine millimeter. Okay. Uh, uh, it, it's where Betty is standing in the window with the baby and Don has the kids down on the sidewalk and they're waving up at the baby and mom. Okay. And it's so weird. I don't like, why did we shoot that scene? It's so weird. I don't no? know. I guess uh, maybe to show how they don't, uh, they don't kick women out of the hospital like they, like they do now. I don't know. It, was just, it seemed unneeded. I was or it, maybe they don't let children up. I don't know. It was weird. And then we end up back in the Draper household, and, and Don's making a little hash. A little corned beef hash. And uh, little Sally Draper comes down, and they have a little talk. He thought she was going to be a boy, but uh, he's glad she wasn't. It's a nice little attention. Nice little time with Dad. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. They talk about the eggs and the hash, and, and Sally tells him a little bit of stuff from school. Yeah, how you got to look in the egg. And Don um, is very uh, reassuring indeed. Uh, about how everything's going to be fine. And yeah, I mean, you know, he also lays down the law a little bit. Like, is the baby going to sleep in Grandpa Jean's room? Like it's not Grandpa Jean's room. That's right. So. That's right. Uh, we then back end up back at the hospital. John uh, Don's going in to uh, to see Betty, obviously, and in the hallway he passes his new buddy, Dennis. Yeah. And when Dennis sees him, uh, he just kind of is like oh, and looks down at the floor uh, as if uh, he's already broken his promise. Well, yeah, because he didn't tell it to God; he just told it to Don. So is Don his God? Is he not? Oh my God, not John! I everything hurts right now. <laughs> everything, is that, everything hurts. So we're back. Uh, we're back uh, at Sterling Coo, and Pete is making his admiral presentation. And what is that about? Yeah, and I was like, admiral was big stuff at this point. I mean, apparently their sales were flat in this episode, but in the early '60s, they they were doing big. You know, three hundred million. No. Yeah. What happened? Well, with the advent of the uh, you know foreign competitors, 
Uh, they eventually had to sell off all of their parts. You can find out an incredible amount at a site called Wikipedia. Oh, is that what that's for? Yep. For finding stuff out. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, well, it turns out, John, that uh, apparently they were not interested in keeping the business because when Pete says, hey, listen, we've really got an opening here. The African-American market likes your guys' stuff. Let's embrace this. Listen, we could cut the budget in half. It's so much cheaper to advertise in African-American publications. We are going to kill this. Uh, they are none too happy. No. And it's a, and I think Pete, you know, Pete's looking at this from the standpoint of like, really? How, you know, money is not, money has one color, green. You know, like, why would you guys not go somewhere where you could make more money? I'll tell you how Pete could have won this, John. Okay. Pennies make pounds. And pounds, <laughs> and pounds make profits. Oh, man. That would have sealed the deal with these two old racist white guys. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure their people came over on the Mayflower. Wait. Well, that would have made him Spanish. Anyway, uh, now this is this next scene's a little tricky. If I can move on, is that all right? Uh, to Don and Peggy. Yeah, yeah. Peggy comes in with a little uh, a baby present. Don says you didn't have to do that. She says I kind of did because no one else told me they were all going in on it together. Listen, if the whole office hates you, maybe you could just start being nice. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, now Peggy is all hopped up on her, on, uh, uh, drinking Duck's Kool-Aid straight out of the pond. And, uh, she's decided that she's going to go in and ask Don for more money. I mean, she needs to be appreciated, John. She's doing some good work around here. She's doing better work than Kinsey, which isn't hard. I wouldn't use that as a, as a point maker, but you know, whatever. Right. And Dad says, listen, I mean, I, here's the thing. Is, is she not in her mind thinking, okay, this probably isn't a good time to bring up stuff like this? Like, she has to know that they're, they're, they're coming down on people about, you know, paper. And she has to know that Don just had a baby. So he's probably not only exhausted, but a little annoyed at life right now. But it, you also have to look at it from her standpoint. Like, this is, this is where her life has taken her to this point. You know, well, she's just getting wait a week. an offer from, you know, kind of a weirdo. Oh, but definitely a weirdo. He's, he's who, a positive weirdo who, towards who, her. Who, 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 she ends up doing the nasty with. Right, right, but we're not there yet. Which makes me grow. We are, though, John. We are right. there. We are there. You know why? But anyway, but she, you know, she wants the equal pay. He's, he's fighting for paper clips. And then what, what's with the deal with her comment on the kid? What did she say? Oh, about how, wait, which comment? She's like, oh, you know, this is your third one. That must be old hat. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get it. I would, I would have said that exact same thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think I did say that. I mean, is she, is she, uh, you know, is she having little flashbacks to her delivery? What? Is she having flashbacks to her delivery? No, I heard you. That just makes no sense. I don't know. She's kind of looking longingly at the little booties. Oh, oh, not not because of that comment, but you're just saying because of all the stuff. Right. Yes, I think she is. I think she's saying, man, did I do that wrong? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Getting knocked up in the office and then just denying the fact that you're pregnant. Yeah, I, I don't know, John. Listen, I'm not here to tell people how to live their lives, but I'd say you went about that the wrong way. <laughs> You know, and it's uh, it's funny because she, you know, she she 
kind of admits that she's a little jealous. You know, she's like, wow, you got everything and so much of it. Yeah. And, and you know, as, as a viewer, we know how messed up Don is. Oh, yeah. In his life. And so it's, you know, things always look different from a different perspective. Oh, I know it. I know it. It's tough out there, Don. And then she, uh, you know, she's, uh, she walks out and, and Pete just jumps all over her. Like, what'd you say? Yeah, you know, I don't know why, why he did that. Because you know what? If he doesn't, like, what, like, what does he care? Well, I think if, if she had said something about the two of them having met with Duck. No, he, she wouldn't do that. Well, yeah, but I don't, I, I think that's how insecure uh, that's, that's Mr. Campbell is. That's what he was thinking. Is. Yes, that's yeah. what he was thinking. Uh, now, to be fair, he does get called in to the, uh, the big guy's offices, does he not? Yeah, in a minute. Oh, jeez. All right. I mean, just a quick minute. So, uh, apparently behind Don's back, um, it's official, and we have baby Jean. Oh, because she signs the papers? She signs the papers. We have Eugene Scott Draper. Huzzah. And uh, that was it. He is birthday. We can all wish him a happy birthday next year this time, June 21st. Can't wait. Yes. I always celebrate a Warlock's birthday. <laughs> important you don't want to he's probably you. you know he's probably still alive oh, right Born oh yeah he's still alive setting fire to stuff <laughs> you know what i mean but now just you're right yeah so now now we go to the office pete gets called in to the main room the main room the main room the main event and it's not received positively <laughs> no so it doesn't go that well to be fair uh they tell him that uh, the admiral's not too happy and they're just kind of busting his balls to be honest no they're not that Oh, they're upset. absolutely busting his balls. They're not that upset. I well, mean, and, uh, they should and, well, be, ha- you know, to be fair, they should be happy about it because he was thinking. Right. Yeah. Right. But, and, 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 you know, to be fair, this is exactly how Lane approaches it. He doesn't get involved with the, actually, he says, are we done with the flogging? Yeah. And Roger, Roger says, never as good as you think it's going to be. No, no. Always a little disappointing. But, you, but exactly what you said, Lane, Lane backs him up. Yeah. Yeah, well, you got to. Uh, he sees what's going on in this country, and there's something. There is indeed something going on. You know what else is going on? Tell me. You're probably gonna stop, mate. I didn't cover something, but Don's bringing Betty and the Warlock home from hey. the hospital in that crazy ass blue Cadillac. Holy balls! Have you seen that thing? It's sharp. Oh my god, that's like three cars with the in, white walls in one. The white walls are nowhere near the most impressive thing, but I appreciate you noticing it. Those right. fins could cut right through you. <laughs> Not to mention, your car today, John, could fit in the trunk of that Cadillac. <laughs> oh, my God. That must that seriously weighs a million pounds. That's all I can figure. It takes 90 gallons of gas to go six miles. I don't, now, it's unbelievable. I wanted to ask, because as they come in, like, do you think that... Uh... Uh, Weiner has just left a camera in perpetuity at the top of the stairs. Like it's got to, this has got to be the 20th time we've seen this shot. That's a good shot, John. I don't understand what your problem is. I'm just asking, do you like the shot? Okay. First of all, where else are you going to shoot that from? What do you mean? You could shoot it from anywhere. I guess you, you could shoot it you from could the hallway. You could do a close up. You could, could do a side. It. You could shoot it from that hallway maybe, but I don't know. I think the stairs is the best shot you got, to be honest. You could do it behind them and follow them in. No, you couldn't. You could do like an underneath shot. What? What? I'm just saying Thank he God. might not no, be, he might no, not be as creative as we thing. think he is. Keep keep your day job, pal. That's all I gotta say. 
next thing we know, John's got a steady. So John takes over filming for Mad Men in season five. I don't know if anyone knows this. There are so many stop, steady stop. cams. Stop, That's part of the prediction show. There are show. so many steady cams. It's ridiculous. You were going to puke by minute three. <laughs> oh, my God, John. A lot of zooming. A lot of zooming in and out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. A lot of Ken Burns effect. Oh, my God, John. Please. <laughs> please stick with your day job. Uh, luckily, when we get home, John's favorite cast member is there. Oh, Francine. Francine. Oh, my God. The show would be nothing without her. She's been taking care of the kids. We're giving Carla a little time off. Thank God. Uh, uh, and uh, everyone's happy the mom's home. Now, best part of the whole show, John, if I can just skip to the end here. Yep. Uh, everyone's asleep. It's late at night. The baby starts screaming and crying. And Betty gets up as if she's literally in prison to go quiet the baby. Well, I thought this was so well done because I think for just a couple of shots here in the middle of the episode, you you saw her with just a you know a bit more of a smile than you really ever saw you know saw her. You know she was able to she named the baby after her father. You know she uh, there's that scene where she's waving from the window. She's got the big smile on her face, um, and then. She's getting up at whatever, 2 a.m., and realizes this is not really fun. Not so much fun. I didn't want this baby, John, and I think Michael Jackson said it best. Yep. <laughs> if you can't feed your baby, don't have a baby. Oh, but she can feed it. She can feed the baby, so the quote doesn't apply in this case. So thank you for bringing that into it. But I think we can change it. If you don't want to comfort your baby, don't have a baby. No, you're oh. right. It doesn't work. Uh, no, but it, it is it is almost... Uh, it's so telling the way she walks into the hallway and literally just does like the giant sh- shrug. Like, maybe I could just run down the stairs, get in that boat of a Cadillac, and drive away forever. I don't know. It's a big she, car. She hates it. Yeah, you could get lost in that car. Am I right? But no. Sadly, that, uh, that train has sailed. That train has sailed, John, and thank God, nine hours into our podcast, the show is over. We gotta check. We have to check your internal clock, my friend. It's not <laughs> that long. Actually, we somehow sped it up and got it done in in, in, in just an hour. But, I don't know how we did that. I I I, I would thank you for your uh, uh, for your competence. Oh, absolutely. Do we have anything we need to tell anybody, John? Well, I was just, I, I know it's been a little bit of a long show, but I was yeah. hoping, I think some people would enjoy it if maybe, you know, if you found the, the button to open the mailbag. I can't. Hold on. Let me find it. <laughs> oh, that's the wrong button. I'm sorry. One, one more. Burr, 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 burr. There you go. Yay. Yeah. So open it up. We've had, some, it we've, up. Had some really, we've had some fun emails okay. since the last show. Okay. Uh, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Uh, first one came from Ellen Bolden, Colorado. Thanks for another great recap. Two thoughts came to mind after listening to our last recap. Number one, regarding your comment on Ho Ho and Highlight. Yeah. So you remember this this whole thing, Ho Ho Highlight. <laughs> I do. The, uh, Balls in the, the face, thing. right? Yeah. Okay. So according to Ellen, that reminded her of her ex-husband who spent the first few years of his career in computer game design uh-huh. at a fledgling but capital-rich company working on a game about New Age Dolphins in Space. Okay, yeah. And she's not making this up. No. Because some eccentric rich guy sure. thought it was cool. Needless to say, 
it never saw the light of day and apparently never did the guy again either. Uh, and number two, she says, as much as the prank call by Lois to Peggy is funny, she's not giving it the best prank call of Mad Men. Okay. She says, you're forgetting the Ted Shaw pretending to be Bobby Kennedy in season four. For, for my money, that was the funniest one ever. Oh, okay. Okay. Hey, you know what? Everyone's welcome to their opinion here on the Mad Men. We recap. appreciate it. She says, uh, looking forward very much to the uh, recap of episode five. It gets my, boast, my, my vote for most disturbing Mad Men episode to date. And there's a lot of disturbing ones. Can't wait to hear what you guys will do with it. Okay. Uh, we get another email from our friend Shiru. I hope Shiru. I'm saying that right. Uh, first of all, first of all, you are super funny. Stop it. I have only recently started listening to the podcast. I have to admit they are exceptionally insightful. Anyway, you may have resolved this one by now, but since I am running behind, uh, I just want to let you know the whole Sinjin is English for St. John. So thank Ow. you, Shiru. I think we got that one. No, I always um, forget. And uh, actually, point I didn't know that Sinclair was the same thing. That's St. Clair. Uh, thanks and stay mad. Thank you, Hiru. Not a problem. Uh, a, one Not friend, a problem. Uh, a friend called Colleen. Uh, she gives this great link, and I'll try and put this up on on the Facebook. And it's a link uh, uh, called "What Would Don Draper Do?" And I don't know if you clicked on this, but I, it's, I don't remember. It's a flowchart. Okay. Of, of you know something happens, and then you follow the Don Draper process. So if you guys get a chance, please hop on the the Mad Men. We'll throw this link up. Uh, it is really funny. Um, our, uh, our friend, our friend Maya, it says reporting in from the baby state, Rhode Island, ah, home wait, wait, a Pilate, minute, wait a minute, wait uh, a minute, rather. where's Rhode Island again? Ro- now, Rhode Island, this, you're in New that York. In this, is that in this country? You're in New York. So Rhode yeah. Island is going to be just kind of North, Northeast of you, I believe. Northeast. Yep. Did they secede? Did they, did they, did they, did you ask if they succeeded? I <laughs> I was wondering if they seceded from the union at any point. But so she was. She writes in about uh, Grandpa Jean. She says, "Yes, Grandpa Jean was in World War One." All right. And that the song over there was a rally song from the war to end all wars, except that you know the other world war came later. You know what though? There would have been no World War Two if it wasn't for World War One. What? And Maya's actually also worried about the upcoming war against the robots that Warlock Jean will undoubtedly cause. Listen, I thought we weren't going to talk about that, all right? We already got a bad credit rating. We don't need to bring us down anymore. Cheers from Maya. Thank you, Maya. Thank you, uh, Maya. We, we got an email from our, uh, our friend from the UK. We have friends in the UK? D from Surrey, England. Wait a minute. Okay, I've got one question for D. Yep. How many riots were you involved in? And how, oh, and how no, much come on now. You, I just want to know what he, what he lit on fire. I, I think D is a, a girl. What did you light on fire, D lady? I, now come on, a little sensitive. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If and your D, if your business or house got burned down, I apologize. And her, geez. and her sorry, daughter Janie John, Jones. John, did you see the news? Things got burned down. I you know. people over there are crazy. Uh, <laughs> if you, John, I, I'm just. I know you want to read this, so I keep trying to throw you off. Mob <laughs> mentality. Your thoughts. Oh yeah, I know. I saw a story on uh, the the evil side of flash mobs, and they've they're calling them flash robs. Yeah. So they're using Facebook to go rob stores as like groups. D, D, I have a question. This goes straight to you. Are you in a flash rob? I think she would say no, but she does <laughs> say that her and her daughter Janie love 
Oh no. Yes. I'm sorry. If you have a daughter, listen, listen, daughter. Your mom was not involved in any flash mobbing or any flash <laughs> robbing or fires or mobbing. And they love the song. Nor so, did she so let much. A, I'm just saying, John. They just love cut, the podcast. Well, you're cutting me off. They are great and you're hilarious. Cut, you're cutting me off. And we cannot wait for the new series. <laughs> love to you all. And congratulations on all the nominations for Emmys this year. Fabulous news. Hurry up season five. And I don't know if you saw a lot of Emmy nominations for the Mad Men. They were. Now, Dee's child, your mom did not let that tiger out of the zoo. That I know. Yeah. Mob we got a another one that you're gonna get just as excited about. We got another one from our friend Hugh. Oh, I love Hugh, man. I'm serious. <laughs> Hugh, I'm serious. You're the only listener I actually know. Because you keep sending us pictures and I effing love it. I love it. I w- keep sending me pictures in your sunglasses in different places. All through Florida. All through Florida. <laughs> Not from Florida. Oh, he's not but from the, Florida? But he says, I, I realize I hadn't written you since uh, since you posted the last podcast. Yeah. But being unable to think of anything clever, I just snapped another picture of me with the sunglasses. Keep doing it, Hugh. I'm serious, Hug. Send may, me a few more. And maybe you should invite listeners to send you pictures of them wearing Don Draper's sunglasses. I love this idea. Hug, this is the best idea the show <laughs> has had. So people, go buy Don Draper sunglasses. And send us pictures. And you know why I'm telling you to buy them? Listen, in this economy, I know. All right, I've heard it. But they are a modern classic sunglass that you'll never be sorry you own. So just go. Hug did it. I did it. I bought a pair for John. Go do it. You'll thank me. They're pretty fantastic. Send send me a picture. And our last one uh, we got just today, our friend Kathy from Teaneck, New Jersey. Is that close to you? Do you know where T-Neck is? John, I have no idea. All right. Dear John and Paul, for the life of me, I could not figure out how you guys knew each other. I kept thinking, in what universe could these people even know each other? Were you childhood buds, summer camp pen pals? Did you somehow connect on adult friend to finder? No. Uh, then today, well, yes. I was listening to the podcast of The Arrangement and discovered your brothers never would have guessed that. Well, you guys must have some amazing parents. Who knew that so much charm and wit could be crammed into one family? Are there more of you, our mom and dad, Mad Men fans? Are I'll they? keep listening if you keep podcasting. Cheers to mom and dad. Kathy, thank you. Very kind. We appreciate it. Are there more of us, Paul? Are there more of our kind? Is that what you're asking? Oh, well, that's what that's what Kathy asked. Well, uh, John and I were spawned from parents, so we do have parents, but we have no other siblings. Um, we have Kate, but she's not really a sibling. She's just by force married to me, and I know it's by force sounds weird, but uh, <laughs> no, but I no. I talked her into it over many years. Uh, so John Teaneck, New Jersey, is really not that far. All right. Uh, you take the uh, the GW Bridge over into New Jersey, and you're pretty much there. It's a little way, but it's not far at all. It's near all Hackensack. Right. I'm just saying, if you want to go. No, maybe I keep, I keep maybe John and I will take a road trip out to see it. And you, and, and you can, here's the other thing. This is the best part about John and I being brothers that you would never guess. We also look nothing alike at all. Yeah. No. Am I right, buddy? Like Absolutely. we'd be walking down the street and you'd say, isn't that great? How people that are so different can come together <laughs> <laughs> and, and get along. Uh, it's true. It, it's, it's, uh, it's a great thing. 
Uh, but it works out. Uh, thank you, thank you, everybody, for those emails. I mean, it's a lot of fun. I can't believe people are still emailing us here in the off season, John. I, I'd like to say thank you. Please send us more emails because it's the only reason we keep doing these shows because we feel a responsibility to you, the listener, to make you I happy. Think, now, is this right? We only have one or two more shows before we're going to hit the season five predictions. The end of the end, and then the season five predictions. And but, John, to be fair, we are a long way from season five still. Uh, we're coming to the end of October, uh, August. You know, we're looking at uh, just the paltry three months. What? No, what? No, it's not till next year, like next June. No, no, I thought it was going to be a winter broadcast, like no. January, February. No. Oh. No, we are so far from the next season. Oh. I'm going to type well, Are you in sure the, about this? I'm going to type it into the uh, 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 Google machine right now. Season five. Mad Men season five. Oh, if you go to uh, the main Mad Men page, though, right now, you can enter to win a chance for a walk-on role in Season 5. Now, John, if you walk... It, it, I want... Should we even have Here's to the, register? Shouldn't they not sh- just exactly, offer us? I was us? just going to say that. They should contact <laughs> us and say, listen, we'd like to... We'd, I know it sounds crazy, but we'd like for both of you to walk on. Just as soon as possible. I, I think that makes the most sense. I think, and we shouldn't only be walk-ons, but we should become regulars. They could hire us. We could work. You know what? You could be uh, uh, Price's uh, new assistant. And okay. I could be one of the new douche crew. Oh, would you be the new Kinsey? I, I no. Let hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Sure, I'm a shorter, balder version of Kinsey right now, but uh, no, I would be. Uh, I would be uh, just uh, just uh, uh, just part of the douche crew. So like me and Ken Cosgrove would be buddies. We'd be going to Yankees games together and Mets games, and uh, we'd be hanging out at bars and reading the Atlantic Monthly, and just being you know like goofy intellectuals. And not only have we uh, you know had great <laughs> listeners and more emails, but we've had we've had a, a milestone. We've hit the. Uh, Past the 800 on the Facebook. Oh, did we? Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, all right. That sounds great. Keep joining, everybody. We are at we are on the Facebook, so just search for Mad Men Recap, and you can find and join, and I encourage you to do so. John, literally, literally, yep. stalks our Facebook page. So if you leave, if you write on our wall, as they say, he'll get right back to you with at least a thumbs up. Or a like or something. So let's right here, just... man. Come on. Air... Season 5, airing in early 2012. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, well, this gives me hope, everybody. I'm sorry. You know what? That might explain my energy level for this show. It's been a really long time. I'm running on empty. It's hot in here. Just saying. Uh, just, just one last thing. I want to thank everybody else. That's uh, any, Anybody that uh, pops onto iTunes uh, to give us a little bit of a... A review or a rating really appreciate it we're coming up on 100 ratings are you kidding amazing. me we're at 94 um they're they're, they're vastly uh, overwhelmingly positive we appreciate uh, that thanks everybody um, comments from delightful to so funny and entertaining uh probably better than the show ah oh that's know. that's a stretch though i appreciate that and that the most stretch. recent one great find so much fun to listen to yeah that, uh, that just makes our day oh it really does because honestly I'm usually pretty sure no one's listening. 
So when we get when we actually get a uh, a uh, a a happy a happy fun time message on the iTunes, which makes it real, um, it's exciting. <laughs> Are you discounting the Facebook, Twitter, email people? John, I'm going to say this. Yep. Is it easy to 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 just click the I'll join button? Of course it is. You know why? Because that damn Mark Zuckerberg makes it so easy. But you know what's not easy? Going into iTunes, going to our page on iTunes, and typing a little something nice. You know what I'm saying? That's taking some extra effort. That's karma, buddy. And we that's appreciate a, that's it. That's love. And love's a boomerang. You know what I mean? So what do you think? When's the next show? Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we've only got one or two left, so we're going we're gonna to keep spreading them out. I'm sorry, everybody. But uh, uh, listen, once the new season starts, we're going to come at it like an angry monkey. I'm serious. Well, and here's what I would like. I would like people to, if they would like, send in some predictions for us to use. Oh, start thinking about it. That's yes. for sure. That's for sure. Because I'll tell you what, I spend at least an hour every day thinking about predictions. And I don't know about you, but I think I think a season five predictions might make a nice little holiday treat. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You're talking like around Christmas time? Our, Chris, our famous Christmas special? That's right. I'm not going to say that I've been talking to Little Wayne. I'm sorry, Little Wayne about joining us, but right. there's a good chance we'll have Little Wayne on the show. No, I'm guessing <laughs> a lot of our audience doesn't know who Little Wayne is. I don't really <laughs> I don't really know either. I just saw it on iTunes just now. Oh. Uh, but he may he may be joining us. And we have officially wound down. Have we derailed, John? That's right. Great it's, show. Oh, yes. It was it was a good show. It was you know, it's nice and long because we're not doing a lot of shows anymore. Um, I'm sure you missed the sound of my nasally voice and John's dulcet tones. And, uh, and uh, I hope we can talk soon. That sounds good. We'll see you next time. Oh, goodbye, John. Goodbye.